Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. We are grateful you're here, and I am grateful that Dr. Terry Sparks is here. And so this morning... Our, our, our wonderful uh, announcement team uh, let the cat out of the bag that I get to sit on the front row, I get to get fed, I get to take notes because my pastor is in the house. He did a phenomenal job in the first service, and I, and I know him. He, he, he likes to get warmed up a little bit, so, so you, you're in the right service this morning. So I'm so pumped and so excited to have Dr. Terry Sparks in the house. Y'all give a hand for him. Love your son. <clears throat> well, my my daughter and son-in-law are here, Misty and Dan. Yule, Daniel. He, he, uh, Daniel's become uh, my driver, and Misty and I were trying to help him drive the other night, uh, last night actually, and we found out that uh, we don't want to try to help him drive anymore. He knows exactly where he's going and how he's going to get there, and we stand corrected on trying to backseat drive. I, I don't like backseat drivers, do y'all? No. But we'd love to help people drive, don't we? Sometimes we do. Yeah. Uh, it's always an honor to be in the house. I love your pastors, and they're tremendous people. I've known them forever, it seems like. Uh, go way back to the 90s and with them and when they first begin to come into the things of God I can tell you that your pastor and pastor's wife and pastor Krista pastor Brandon have come a long long way <laughs> amen amen it's always good for that and I if you're visiting for the first time I can tell you that you're in a good place you're in a safe place uh, these these folks are here to take care of you, help you in any way you can. Give your life to, to this house for about six months and see what it'll do for you. If you're struggling and you've tried everything, why not? Why not? Come on. It won't hurt anything. Uh, all it could do is help. So let's get on with our message. Are you ready? I love enthusiasm. Amen. I do. First, I'll give you a little marriage advice. Laughing at your mistakes extends your life. Laughing at your wife's mistakes shortens it. A study has proven women who add a few pounds live longer than men who mention it. And by behind every man who thinks he wears the pants is a wife who told him which pants to wear. And then I love this one that says, I met a woman outside the mall. She was crying. She just lost $200. So I gave her $40 from the $200 I found. When God blesses you, you have to bless others. <laughs> Amen. My Father, we come to you in the matchless name of Jesus, and we thank you that you, Lord God, are here among us, that you are here to minister to your people. 
they know, I know, you know, that if anything good is going to come out of me, you got to do it. And Lord, they know, and I know, that if they're going to retain anything, you're going to have to help them. So we submit to your leadership, ask for you to equip us, help us, as you do so well, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Some years ago, probably more years than I like to admit, my wife got me to watch uh, this show called uh, Extreme Makeover Home Edition. Uh, I mean, remember the show? Anybody? Okay, well, three people. So I'll go in and I'll tell you. The show was about less fortunate people that uh, had fell on hard times and they were in need of a new home or needed a renovation. And uh, so the producers of the show found people who had given back to their communities. They were valued, uh, had good reputation, but their current home had fallen in disrepair because of circumstances beyond their control. And uh, so they, uh, they got with these people. The designers came in, surprised the, the, the people with uh, the good news of their makeover. And in seven days, their current home was elaborately remodeled or a new home was built in its place. And of course, the the most the best designers uh, uh, came in and helped do that, and they were able to enlist all these volunteers in the community. People begin to give towards this. Many times, uh, if the they had uh, a mortgage on the, the place, uh, uh, offering was taken and the mortgage was paid off. If uh, the college was in the community, many times the kids were given scholarships. If there were medical needs and uh, all the best medical equipment was brought into their home. And it was really a quiet thing. And then, of course, they came back in for the great reveal. And where that they were all, you know, just crazy, thankful, wonderful home, beautiful home. And it was a great show, a makeover, something that you just didn't think that, you know, life wasn't going to get any better. And suddenly, here someone begins to bring a great thing into your life. You think about our lives, you know, sometimes life itself isn't very fair. Uh, when we gave our life to Jesus, everything began to change. We think that about, you know, when you begin to think about your life before, without Jesus, I don't know, but my life was a mess. I was involved in drugs and all other matter of things that I don't want to talk about. But Jesus found me just like I was, and he began to give me a makeover. He began to change my life. Today, you may be in need of a makeover. Yeah. Now don't, if you're sitting next to a lady, don't hit her and say, you need a makeover. Don't do that. There will be blood in the carpet. Don't do that. But many times we lose hope. Life, doesn't, life comes at us, and we just really don't understand all the things that are going on. And, you know, I, I, I at times say, Lord, I, I just need some help. But, you know, God loves bringing healing to your heart. He loves to take something broken and make it new. So, so today I want to talk to you about Extreme Makeover, Holy Ghost Edition. Amen? We all know that life is an equal opportunity offender. It it rains on the just and the unjust. Uh, sometimes bad things happen to really good people. Sometimes, uh, you know, people make, you make bad decisions and you have to reap that. 
Sometimes, other times, people make bad decisions for you, and you have to repent. And when you think about life, you have to realize that there is a thief in the earth that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's the, he, you know, it's the devil, and he's always looking to try to rob God's people. And so the devil himself has no authority over us because we have a, hey, we have a realization that with Jesus, we can have our lives totally restored. In the midst of trials and tribulation, the enemy does everything he can to sign God's name to the tragedy that came into your life. If you're here and you believe that God brought all this death and destruction, can I just be very nice to you and say, God did not do that? God, God does not kill, steal, or destroy. The devil does that. Jesus came to give you abundant life. The scriptures declare that Jesus went about doing good and healing all that was oppressed to the devil, for God was with him. God is good and he does good. Amen? Oh, in Africa, we say your amen is weak. Huh? God is good and he does good. That's my church. You help me preach, we'll get out here sooner. Maybe, no, I don't know. You help me preach too good, we'll get out here later. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Uh, so we know that God has thoughts about us, thoughts of peace, to give us a future and a hope. And Jesus came to give all of us an amazing life. Our text is Isaiah 54, 9 through 12. I'm going to read it to you in the Passion Translation. To me, this is like the time when I vowed that the waters of Noah's flood would never again cover the earth. Now I vow to you that I will neither be angry with you nor rebuke you. In other words, God will not criticize you or show disapproval. Even if the mountains were to crumble and the hills disappear, my heart, a steadfast, faithful love, will never leave you. And my covenant of peace with you will never be shaken, says Yahweh, whose love and compassion will never give up on you. I will make your towers of rubies, your gates of sparkling gems, and all your walls of precious, delightful stones. I love this scripture because this tells us that God wants to give his people a makeover. God is willing and able to bring restoration to your life. And if you're thinking about quitting on life, don't. Because something good is headed your way. I love your pastors, Pastor Brandon, Pastor Krista, all your team. I love them all. But they have faced difficult times. And they have seen God restore the leader that you see out in the parking lot, the places, anyone that you see smiling have faced difficult times. And yet they have restoration in their heart, are going through restoration. I think that what we do together, we try to provide an environment where the Holy Spirit can move and pour out upon all those that are brokenhearted. That's what God wants to do. And if you're going through difficult times or you know someone that's going through difficult times, this is a hospital, a hospital for the hurting, that people can come and be restored to gain hope again, to gain joy again, to begin to laugh and enjoy life once again, even if you think it's impossible. Can I tell you? 
It is. I think God wants to give us a Holy Ghost makeover. And you know, what God does is he takes something bad and he turns it to good. He is in the restoration business. He is making old things new. No matter how bad life gets, God is not done. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. The truth is, God does not remodel us. He makes us brand new. We know this in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Hallelujah. Behold, all things become new. First point is, and we found in verse 9 that I read to you previously, is now I vow to you that I will neither be angry with you nor rebuke you. God is not mad at you. All of his anger for the sins of humanity was poured out upon Jesus. Jesus' blood paid for all our sins, past, present, and future. Jesus took our sin. We take his righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, For he who made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. This is one of the greatest verses in the Bible. It's a wonderful divine exchange took place at the cross. All our sin were left there. We walked away with all of Jesus' righteousness. That's good news. Every believer today possesses the complete and perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ. We are seen by the Father as righteous as His Son. God has forgiven you. But what's the problem? Maybe you haven't forgiven you. No one wants to know, I don't know about you, but I don't want anyone to know the most stupid thing I've ever done. I don't want everybody to know my worst mistakes. Do you? Is anybody here today? Man, you guys are all righteous. I've never done anything wrong. I'm going to cast that spirit of lying right out of you. Hmm? See, shame and guilt always want to remind us of how unrighteous we've been. And some of you are mad at yourself. You got a low-grade fever. You're mad at you because you can't get your act together. Sometimes we don't behave righteous. We look in the mirror and we call ourselves all kinds of names. You ever been guilty of calling yourself names? I'm so stupid. I'm so fat. I'm too skinny. I got a zit today. Where in the world did that come from? And it's got to be right on the end of my nose. Are you kidding me? This is not a good hair day. At least you got hair. Next time you think about that, just remember the bald people in your life. Those that don't, grow it on their face. We feel condemned because of sin. And see, when, when, you, when you sin, don't justify it. Take responsibility for it. The devil didn't make you do it. You did it because you wanted to. Huh? 
That's the truth. And what you do is you come to your father and you ask for forgiveness. And you know what he does? He spanks you and doesn't forgive you. No, he forgives you. 1 John 1, 9, it says this, but if we freely admit our sins when his light uncovers them, he will be faithful to forgive us every time. God is just to forgive us our sins because of Christ, and he will continue to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The blood is enough. I know that I have, in my life, I've talked to some, walked up and talked to someone and made fun of them and just joking, and then they lash out at me in a way that was uncharacteristic of them. Has that ever happened to you where, you know, you, you're just poking fun, and next thing you know, they blow up on you and say, whoa, come on, bro, I was just kidding with you. See, it, it, it wasn't you. It was because they were something else going on in their life, and they took it out on you. That was, see, sometimes Christians say things, awful things, but that's not who they are. It's because of something else is afflicting them, and that is not who they are. That's not being who God made them to be. When you sin, that is not who you are. Remember, you're born again. I'm righteous. I'm such an awful sinner. I'm the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. I'm not born to this sin. This is not who I am. If you're, if you're struggling with an addiction, it's not who you are. That doesn't define you. Jesus' righteousness defines you. His blood defines you. Instead of, instead of confessing, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just. No, stand in the mirror and say who you are, who God made you. I'm the righteous God in Christ Jesus. See, so often, well, listen, 1 John 4, 17 says this, love has been perfected among us in this, that we have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, as Jesus is, as Jesus is, as Jesus is, so are we or so are you in this world. This is present tense. It's not when you get to heaven, you're like Jesus. No, because of God's grace, you are like Jesus, pure, holy, seated in heaven and glorified with him. Faith has transferred Jesus' righteousness to you. See, sin is no longer your master. So often we say, you know, I'm just a sinner. No, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm such a sinner. No, I'm the righteousness of God. See, when you continue to identify with sin instead of righteousness, Guess what? You, you can tell, you, listen, you can tell a little, body, little boy, says, don't pee in the pool. Do not pee in this pool. I'm telling you, boys, get them in the huddle. Little boys, don't pee in the pool. And then step back and watch. Every single one of them is going to pee in the pool. When you identify with sin, When you identify with righteousness, then you start becoming who you are in Christ. See, Romans 6.14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you. Talk about a makeover here. What do you need to have a makeover? You need to accept the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Amen. By grace you are saved through faith, 
That is, it is a gift of God. What is it? It's a gift. What is it? It's a gift. Do you earn a gift? Can you earn a gift? Come on, family. Can you earn a gift? No, you can't earn a gift. It's a gift. You don't earn it. God gives it to you. <laughs> and then you sin. And when you sin, you think, how can I be so stupid? Well, you just obeyed your flesh. Your spirit's holy, righteous, unblemished. Your flesh took over. And what do you do? You start feeling condemned. Romans 8.1 says, for now there's no condemnation to those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. You're free. Isaiah 54.10, we read, if it, even if the mountains were to crumble and the hills disappear, my heart of steadfast, faithful love will never leave you. Sometimes you feel alone. All alone. One of the things that I found is that after I lost my wife, is that I could be in a room full of people and still feel alone. It was the most bizarre feeling. I, it was crazy. I didn't understand it. And many times when you're going through something that you don't think no one else is going through, you feel alone. God has never forsaken you. He has never left you. See, God is faithful when we are faithless. He's full of faith when we have less faith. See, his, his love and kindness is evident in our daily lives. <clears throat> we should be thankful for his loving kindness. God, is, God loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should never perish. See, when I think about God's love, I think about the prodigal son. I love that story. And, and we see that here the prodigal son, he takes God's money, <clears throat> and goes, lives, <laughs> how can I clean this up? How can I clean this up uh, <clears throat> in church? Let's just say that he has riotous living. He, excuse me. <coughs> he, he, uh, he does everything that you should not do as a son. And he gets at the end of his life, and has spent all of his money, he finds himself feeding pigs. And he comes to himself, and he says, my father's servants are better than this. I'm going to go ask my father to just let me be one of his servants. At least I'll be able to eat, get a shower, and get this pig smell off of me. And while he was far away, his father saw him coming. And as any father would walk, as he began to walk down towards him, he would wait for him at the door and say, yeah, you're back. What did you do with my money? What would you do? Tell me. Tell me everything you did. All right. Now then, because of all this, all right, I'll let you go. You stay in the slave quarters, and if you act right, we'll see in about a year. See if you're still with it. In about a year, we'll see if you're qualified. I'm, I may accept you. Is that, is that what he did? But that's how we do. That's how we do. I'm so thankful that God's not that way. 
Here we see that the father of prestige raises up and runs to his son. And then he takes a robe of righteousness, which is considered a robe, and the best robe, and puts it on his son. Put a signet ring back on that means that he can sign checks again. He's restored fully financially, puts feet on his, and only the most, in that day, just the prosperous people wore shoes, put on his shoes, and he threw a big party. So when you come to God and you want to grovel and you want to tell God how filthy and nasty you are, don't you understand how righteous the blood of Jesus is? How much he has forgiven you? There's no reason for you to stand outside. Well, I can't pray. Yes, you can. I shouldn't worry. My, I'm such a hypocrite. We all are. Here's the right camp. This is a no-rock zone. We don't throw rocks at anybody. We just want to, we want to see the righteousness of God poured out in your hearts. See, we, so we see that God, his forgiveness pours out upon us. See, that's the way it begins in a makeover. You, when you understand who you are, then you can rise to the occasion. Now, love it. It also says that my covenant of peace shall, shall not be removed, says the Lord who has mercy. That peace is shalom. It means completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken. It means that health, prosperity, quietness of soul, everything's going to be all right. See, the covenant of peace has, has, that God made with his people is a covenant of shalom. It's a covenant of success, a covenant of health, wholeness, well-being, and it's poured out upon us all, the, all of our days. God has a, made a covenant and, and it promised to us that it cannot be broken. And we know that Numbers 23, 19 tells us about the character of God. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, will he not make it good? See, Jesus said in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus gave you peace. Jesus left you peace. In Jesus, you have completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, welfare, health, prosperity. Everything's going to be all right. And then God's love, compassion, and kindness will never give up on you. His mercy endures forever. His mercy endures how long? I love that. How many wants judgment or mercy? Give me mercy every time. He will, his love for you will never give up. God never quits. Jesus said he would never leave you. He would never forsake you. See, even in the hard times, we see that God is working for us. And it says in verse 11, verse 12 of Isaiah 54, Oh, you afflicted one, storm-tossed, not comforted. Behold, I will rebuild you. I will rebuild you with what? Gems. Lay your foundations with sapphires, pinnacles of rubies, gates of crystal, all your walls of precious stones. See, God informs us that he is rebuilding us with the most expensive material that he could find. He is sparing no expense. He is giving all that he has for you. I know about loss. I lost my wife of 48 years. Last year I was here, but she'd been gone for 19 days, and I came in here and preached. I was a mess. 
And I can tell you that God's in the restoration business. When you can't look up, when you can't seem to make life make any sense, that God is always working behind the scenes. Once you prayed that, that even that bad prayer, heaven went to work. God is interested in you, dear one. He's not forsaken you. And I know that some of you guys have had such difficulty and you've had things stolen from you and you face tragedy. God isn't restoring. He is moving in your life. He's working for you. So often, God just takes something so bad, giving time, he'll turn it to good. See, but he always, I told someone one time, I said, well, you know, especially after my wife went to heaven, he says, listen, with every death, there's a resurrection. With the death of that business, there's a resurrection. Huh? With the death of that divorce or the marriage, whatever it is, there's a resurrection. See, there's never a final thing until you breathe your last, honey. And even then, guess what? Heaven's our home. Heaven's our home. Can I remind you that God loves you very much? He's invested in you so much. Jesus is a man of sorrows. He bore your grief. He carried away your sorrows. Jesus understands you're valuable. So many people in the Scriptures, Jesus just went to the down and out. Blind Bartimaeus, a Samaritan woman, she's... You know, married five times, you know, living with another guy. Let, he invested his life in Zacchaeus, a tax elector. He, he, Jesus was ministered to the woman caught in adultery, the woman with the issue of blood. He was always going after someone to minister to someone that was down and out. Philippians 1, 6 says this, being confident in this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. God is working for good in your life. God invested his best, his son. He took our sin. We take his righteousness. That's extreme. Now that God has invested his best, is God going to cut back? Is he on a budget? Is, is he, does he spare an expense of any kind? What the devil stole, God is in the place of here where he's bringing restoration to your life. See, he wants our lives to be overflowed with blessings. And even in the midst of suffering humanity, we see the blessings of God being poured out upon a people that sometimes can only just reach out a hand and say, God, help me. And God is in the helping business. He did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him freely give us all things in Romans 8, 32? He's giving us everything that we need. God spares no expense. If you walked up to me and I was pouring a foundation and I was throwing jewelry in that, you would think I was crazy. But God says, I'm pouring the very best in the things that you can't see. The things that are hidden, I'm pouring the best. In the quiet times, in the times of isolation, when it seems like that God has hidden you, God is pouring out his best. He's putting something in you that you're not aware of, honey. God's moving in your life. The devil tells you that God doesn't care. I'm here to tell you by the Spirit of God, God cares. God loves you. He's working into your behalf. He's moving in your life. It doesn't matter what the economy does. It doesn't matter what your job does. It matters that God is for you. So who can be against you? You're the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. God's moving in my life. He's moving in your life, even if you can't see it. God never had a meeting in heaven. Drug Terry Sparks in there says, run a spreadsheet on him. 
All right, he screwed up here, screwed up here. Oh, all right, no, nope. deficit, get rid of him. God never runs a spreadsheet on you. He doesn't run a spreadsheet on your kids, your grandkids, anyone else. He doesn't run it. He's fully vested. The blood of Jesus is fully vested. All the sins of humanity, all their mistakes has been taken care of by the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Preach myself happy. Who wants Anybody that's in, not been in the first service, the second service people, who wants 20 bucks? What is wrong with God's people? One, it, you had to be encouraged. All right, you want 20 bucks, right? Now, let's just say I got 20 bucks. Crumble it up. You still want it? Throw it on the ground. Trample on it. You still want it? Is it why? It's still worth 20 bucks. Let's just say that you're in the toilet. You made a deposit, <laughs> and it falls in the toilet. Are you going to flush that? <laughs> he make a good preacher. He's, he's an illustrator. We saw perfectly what you did. Why? Why? Why did he pick it up? Why? It's still worth 20 bucks. God bless you. See, no matter what you do the money, it still retains value. The United States Treasury says it's still worth 20 bucks. Many today here have been dropped, crumpled, and were ground. Life's hurt you. You got stuck on stupid and did stupid things. And you can no longer see the value of your life. You know, life has ravaged you. It has low self-esteem. At times you feel worthless. Let me remind you that no matter what has happened, says you're valuable, and this house calls you valuable. The one that comes in, comes in late, sits at the back, and wants to leave as soon as it's over, God's interested in you. Jesus would not run to the pastors on front. The leaders, he would not run to them. He would run to you. He would find you because God says you have value. Sometimes you can't see it. And with the makeover, you just got to realize that God sees me valuable. If I went to a garage sale and I walked over and I saw an old violin and it was battered and I picked it up, 
I thought, you know, it's five bucks. I wouldn't give five dollars for this. It's a piece of trash. Why you put five bucks on it? And then I took, you know, I looked inside and I read Stradivarius. Not in magic marker, but in printed. Instantly, I would invest the five dollars because I realized I have something very valuable in my hand, even though it's beat up. It's worth millions but it's beat up. You are priceless. You are. Don't devalue you. Don't devalue your kids. Don't devalue each other. Be careful, saints, not to talk about one another. Let's value what God has given. Let's value Him. I'm going to close with this scripture. Knowing this, 1 Peter 1, 18, knowing this, that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. You were redeemed. God's done great things in your life. Amen. I want to pray for you. Can I do that? Father, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Father, I pray that your anointing would rest upon each and every person here today, that they would see that you are busy giving a Holy Ghost makeover. That, Lord, that you're moving in the lives of your people. For those that are hurting that see no way out, I pray for the comfort of the Holy Spirit to come upon each and every one. Lord, I pray that you would anoint us to look around the room to see those that are hurting. We would give them a smile pat on the back, a prayer of encouragement. Make us mindful of the people that are struggling around us. We want to see everyone redeemed and restored in every way that we possibly could. Let your anointing pour out upon each and every one. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.